Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now. Hey guys, Mike here. Before we get to this week's interview with Alex Vukic, just wanted to say if you are interested on the back end of the Alex Vukic interview, I'll also just include my interview after the match with Stefan Kozlov, who did beat Alex in the Challenger final in Charlottesville, but we'll have that on the back end of this interview. So here is the podcast, myself, Noah Rubin, and proud University of Illinois graduate, Alex Vukic. All right, we are joined, and this is actually a, a repeat guest. Uh, if, if you count to the coffee cast back when the, this podcast was at its peak, when it was at its best, uh, Alex Vukic is joining us here on the Behind the Racket podcast. We are in Charlottesville, just so you guys at home, as you're listening, this will be posted after Charlottesville, immediately after Charlottesville. So you are still in the tournament. Anything could happen over the next few days. We've already been very close to seeing a fight on court uh, during yeah. the week. So, I mean, you could anything could happen. But uh, congrats on reaching the quarterfinals. Um, it has been obviously a very long and difficult year for all of the Australians being away from home for eight, nine, ten months. You do have a home base here, uh, obviously in Champaign as well. But yep. what, what has it been like in terms of just not really feeling capable of going home oh brutal <laughs> brutal i think for all the aussies it's been so tough um but like you said i got so lucky that in champagne um i do have a base there so i was in europe probably f- from march till august mm. which is a long time and i definitely struggled there was burnt out 
was basically going from one tournament to another, even if I was injured, just for like a bit of hospitality and, <laughs> and just so I could train with some guys because I had no base. So it was not good mentally. Um, at least there were a few Aussies around. So, you know, you could kind of share, the, you were all going through the same same stuff. But um, yeah, it's been brutal. I got COVID uh, as soon as I came to the US uh, before the US Open. That was kind of a, a blessing, honestly, <laughs> uh, because I I went back to Champagne, regrouped mentally, and then was kind of ready. And I'm in a good headspace now to end the season. So it's uh, it's been a roller coaster though, and I'm looking forward to going back home. Yeah, it's I mean you do have that base of Illinois, but I'm I'm curious. You know, you're in this ranking period right now where I mean the rankings are completely messed up, but you know, nearly impossible to either go outside of qualities of Aussie or into the main draw. So, I mean, you definitely are one of the hardworking players out here right now, but what's motivating you towards the end of this year after a very long year of travel to be out here playing these tournaments? Yeah, I think in, in my own head, I had a pretty disappointing year before the U.S. Um, and as soon as I got COVID, I kind of just sat down and it was just like, I want to finish strong and just prove to myself that I can do what I think I can basically. Um, and, and that was it. That was it really. I was just like, I wasn't happy with, with how I had the year um, going into the start of the year. And I was basically just like, I want to finish strong. And, and that's been, and that's been driving me. And um, I'd love these three are strong, but I'd love to, to get my first title in, in one of these three. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. In, in terms of just that, that, kind of how you're basing your year do you do you think not really having that flexibility of going home having training a, a good training block at home do you, do you think that has hurt you in terms of just how you're able to focus mentally and, and really kind of set the year yeah especially in the especially in the middle of the year uh you know you i think a good schedule is so important to keep mentally fresh and physically ready and you haven't been able to do that so it's been more of just a mental battle the, mm. the whole year um but now that australia's opened up sydney and melbourne opened up it's already just like talking to people from back home it's already like geez next year we can actually go back home and it's actually going to be nice to to be able to do that um but yeah for sure this this year has been harder without that training block for sure. What's it been like for your family um, and your close friends back there? I, I know I, I have friends in Melbourne and I know it's been a little bit more drastic in Melbourne, but your, your friends and family in, in Sydney, what's it been like for them? So for my, for my parents, they actually love it. They, uh, <laughs> they, they have a nice coffee machine at home and, and, and they, they, work, uh, they work in IT anyway, so okay. they don't need to go in. They got each other. They're, they're pretty happy. Um, you know, the, the weather's good. Uh, for, for, my, for my friends, it's been a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Um, one of my mates, he's, he's a doctor, so he's still been able to go into work. But for the others, you know, they were in a four-month lockdown just right. now. And they called it Freedom Day when they opened up just recently, and it's uh, I just can't even I can't even imagine. And on as as weird as it sounds, it's like so many Aussies left Australia mm. because they were like I can't do anything right now here, so they all went. And now you see a lot of them actually grinding the futures as well. No, I want to take this back a little bit, Vukic. Um, and I think I looked up your career high ITF ranking, which it seemed <laughs> oh, like you didn't play a lot of ITFs. Is is the I, only I think that's correct. Yeah. 
<laughs> only reason why you were not top 600 in the world. But yeah. <laughs> um, I want to hear, I mean, you know, you're right now, you're top 200 in the world ATP. You were in top 500 or 600 ITF coming into Champagne. First, what was the thought to initially get you to play at a university? And then talk about your development into becoming a professional tennis player, because you're not the same old road of, you know, being top 10 in the world, you know, taking on, you know, the pros at 18, whatever that looks like. So, you know, tell me about kind of that journey for you. Yeah, it was so different. Um, I was a horrendous junior. Like I was very, <laughs> very average. Um, and I made the decision to go to Spain right after I graduated from high school when I was 17. And then um, I, I didn't like it because I actually, as weird as it sounds, I kind of enjoyed school. So going into like full-time tennis was too much for me um, early on. And I was there, I was in Spain. I was like, if I do this for another six months a year, I think I'm going to quit, to be honest. Like, I think I'm just going to burn out, like, straight away. So I was, like, you know, fighting my parents a little because they wanted me to go pro, but I was just, like, I need I need to go to college. Like, I need, like, a bit of a normal life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I went to college, and, yeah, I, I just loved the environment. I think that first year I improved so much. I had a really good team um, and just loved everything about it and, and was kind of really motivated. I think it was the, the motivation to kind of prove – people wrong that said college was a bad move as well. Um, so I think that was a little bit of, uh, it was in the back of my mind. And then um, I, uh, yeah, from there, just kind of each year, you know, you get a bit more confidence, a bit more belief, and then it just kind of gradually keeps keeps going. And then, yeah. I mean, you're being, you're being a little bit humble because I, obviously I have the connection. I am wearing my Illinois tennis shirt right now, but um you, you were kind of, in, in, in terms of what I saw from a little bit of an outsider's perspective, but in Champaign, I mean, everybody was looking at Aaron Hiltzik. He was the number one recruit in the country. Yep. Um, and you were kind of this, oh, look, we got a bonus guy. Um, and so it, it's a little bit different than that. I mean, it, you were kind of just like, okay, we're going to put him over there. And then all of a sudden, like, you're hitting the hell out of this forehand. And everybody's just like, wait a minute. That guy down there actually could hit. But you... It, <laughs> It, it, that's one thing, right? But then to get to that point where I think it was like, what, a year later you beat Stokowski in Sydney. And that that's a big step. So what accounted for that? A bit of craziness. Um, a bit of a bit of just, I was, uh, I was, I don't know what was in me, to be honest. Like, I was so motivated in that first year. Um, it was a nightmare for, for Brad, the, the, the head coach, that to for me, because I was slamming rackets, breaking tarps, every practice, yeah. every practice I was, I'd lose a point and, and then I'd be insane. I was so on myself, mm. so on myself. And I think I I thought that I could get to this level, even though maybe the coaches initially didn't and were just like, yeah, right, he's a bonus guy. Um, and I actually found out later in my career that there wasn't, when we had a first dual match, yeah. um, I think we were playing Baylor, who were number two in the country. And I played five then, and I ended up clinching a three-all. This was okay. the first dual match away. And I remember I found out after I graduated that the coaches were split on whether to even play me or not. Really? Yeah, so they still weren't 100%. Wow. And who knows, if they didn't play me that, that first match, yeah. who knows where my career would have gotten, right. you know? So right. it's like, it's, it's one of those things where, it's, you know, it's a bit of luck and, and, and a bit of all that. Um, but yeah, I think it was definitely a bit on me, a bit of just, I was just so hard on myself, I think that first year and, and I've learned to relax. Otherwise you just, 
You can't survive, mate. You can't survive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can build on stuff. You can have this kind of fake it till you make it confidence. But when was that kind of first time where you're like, wait, I could kind of be a professional tennis player and, and actually make a push for, you know, top 100 in the world? For, for, for top 100, I think it's just a bit gradual. I think it was just, you know, you get different goals along the way. I think after my freshman year, I think I made a few futures finals. I think I beat Garone in like the semis. Um, I think I made two two finals there. And then, like you said, I played Sokovsky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody has a story of Garone in yeah, the finals right. of the future. Yeah, yeah. He's everywhere. He's played every future, mate. Every future. Yeah. Um, and then I think. Yeah, Stokowski was um, when I when I got that win on like a bigger stage. I was kind of like, oh, like I like this. This is this is cool. Um, and I think it's just the great like every every year. I feel like I get a win or like a tournament where it's just like, okay, I can do it, and it just adds that more belief. So I think it's been more gradual than anything. Yeah, that, and coming into go ahead, no, sorry. No, coming into this next year right now, um, obviously the schedule, you know, everybody it's all completely up in the air right now, and especially in the Challenger Tour, which is, you know, is the norm that we deal with. But, you know, what are those goals looking like? You know, obviously you wanted to finish the year out strong, but are there any consistency goals or any goals you're looking towards, you know, during hopefully somewhat of a normal year for us? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be top top 100. I think I'll re- reevaluate everything after this year when it's after these three tournaments are done. Um, but it's got to be that. But, you know, I've been working with also new coach Jay, uh, Jay Gooding and, you know, his mentality I think is, uh, is something that's, that's really helped. Um, you know, he's, he's very, of course, goal oriented, but it's more the day to day and just trying to be the best today and just not even focusing on tomorrow or the day after, but just literally today giving it your best and just, Showing it your showing your identity today, and then try to do it tomorrow, and then th- that's it. And then let's do it again tomorrow, and that's it. Literally, just one day at a time. Because if you think of it too much, it's too overwhelming. It's 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 too much, and there's, you start thinking, oh, can I get top hundred like this? And at the end of the day, I think you just got to be like, oh, screw it. Like I'll just do, <laughs> I'll just do it tomorrow, and 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 we'll see what happens. Jay is an interesting choice. Um, I know he's been working a lot more on the women's tour over the last several years, has opened a, uh, an academy down in Orlando. And what I had been told was that he is kind of um, providing a base for Australians when when they come through the States is what I'd heard. So how is that working in terms of an actual relationship to potentially go out on the road more with you? How are you kind of structuring that? Yeah, listen, it's, it's something that's just starting, but... You know, I did first meet him um, at the French Open this year when he was con- uh, contracted by Tennis Australia. Um, and, you know, he, he helped me there. Um, I won a few rounds over there. And then um, me and Alex Bolt, we um, we just kind of were like, should we should we split him, get him on the road? And then we, we got him for Columbus. He had him for San Diego and then Indian Wells. And then I think we both really liked him, um, just the way he kind of approached things. Um you know, at the end of the day, tennis is tennis. It doesn't matter if it's women's tennis or men's sure. tennis. You know, and um, it's the same approach to getting to to top hundred and, and then and then beyond. And um, I think we both realised the the quality he has, and it's just I think having someone there as well is is yes. is for the most part a, a huge thing consistently uh, for the mind for sure. 
you guys were down there in Orlando when when COVID, you guys yeah. all three contracted yeah. COVID. Um, can you walk us through those few days, um, that that week of what oh, the nice. hell happened? Right, so first of all, it's bloody hot in Orlando. It's like, I don't even know what it is in Fahrenheit, like probably close to 100 um, or like 90, 90 degrees Plus Fahrenheit. the humidity. On, but the yes. humidity, yeah. I, I can't deal with it. It's a swamp. Oh, man. <laughs> And we're there, and there's never a cool breeze as well. So it's just like warm air, which is warm air. And we're there. Kubler gets it first. So he gets it first. And then as soon as someone gets it, everyone's in like high alert. You know, everyone's just like, you get like a little nose, like you start thinking <laughs> that you have symptoms. Um, and then I think it was two days later, me and Bolte are practicing. And at the end of the practice, I'm like, oh, like I'm not feeling great, you know, like this is like, but I think I have like heat exhaustion, you know, cause like the sun's getting me, you know, like I'm like, God, I feel tired. Take a, take a test, a uh, homemade test, get negative. You know, I'm just like, all right, we're still battling. We're still, <laughs> we're still, we're still going. Um, Balti test positive the next day. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, like, US opens in five days. US opens in five days. And I'm like, please, like, I'm talking to like the tennis Australia doctor. And she's like, Alex, like, I think you have it. And I'm like, nah, we've got to be positive. We've got to be positive here. Not COVID positive, <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, Tuesday, I still test negative. And I'm like, have I swerved this? I still feel like crap though. Like, I feel like I'm, I've got heat exhaustion. Like, I feel really bad. Wednesday, finally get tested and um, get tested positive. I was like, all right, that's me. That's that's me done. But um, it, after that, it was kind of annoying because obviously, you know, you want to play US Open. It's a big financial uh, incentive and a big, huge tournament just to, just to prove yourself. And it was nice to be back on the hard courts. I'm not going to lie. Um, but then after that, it was like, all right, it is what it is. Let's move on and, and finish the year strong. So in terms of you going home, and I know it's still to be determined what's exactly happening um, in terms of the players, you just got it. I, I assume, are you going to be or getting vaccinated before heading home? How are you handling that so you can kind of have that easier transition to get back there? Um, so I got my second dose. Like, So I got my first dose and then I got COVID. Okay. So it was a bit of an awkward situation. Um, but then after that, I I got my second dose, I think a few weeks after. Okay. I got COVID. Um, and it was, yeah, felt, I still felt it like the day. Yeah. The, like for a day. Like, a, you know, you feel like you're yes. just getting sick. Right. Mm-hmm. And you never actually get sick. Right. But it's like, uh, but I think I actually talked to Wally Masur last night. Um, and he basically... I think I think they're all optimistic down there in Australia that they will host everything and have a decent calendar. They just need the government's approval, really. Um, but they're actually all quite optimistic. It's it's I can't imagine um, the amount of hurdles that they're having to jump yeah. right now to make sure everything is in place. Especially, like, are are there going to be challengers ahead of time? I mean, that's like that's the real question for me. Are there going to be opportunities for? qualifying players to play one or two tournaments before qualies. I think they will. I think they will try to put, but there's always that one that they put on and it's always so strong. It's like yes. the cutoff's like one, <laughs> 180, you know, right. it's just like, Jesus, like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. nice to see you guys laughing about it. Carrie, you guys were <laughs> making a few jokes, which, 
it's still, I feel like in my head, a little too soon to make a joke about taking down three Aussies at one time. <laughs> it is a little too much cash to be taken down at one time. But, you got to laugh, mate. Um, otherwise, I, you go into, <laughs> otherwise, you just go into a deep spiral. I had the same situation in Atlanta. I thought it was heat stroke, same fear, get, you know, got off the court, test a negative day before, two days later, positive. But yeah, um, yeah no, it's tough. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually had a question that I've wanted to ask somebody outside of the US that, you know, it was, more Americanized plays these indoor challengers. You know that, you know, guys are fighting kind of for a main draw Aussie spot. You know, it's something that is on everybody's mind. I didn't really know it when I was fighting for it, but that's kind of when Mike and I became friends for the first time. Um, is that in your head? I know, obviously, you're kind of as well fighting for a main draw spot in one way or another, trying to make a mark. What are, are those thoughts ever like hey this guy's a lot of pressure on him he wants to make it or you're just kind of playing a little bit yeah like i actually thought about it yesterday um because i heard that they put vegas into the the mix which i don't know because it's usually just mm. three right usually, it's just a three yeah yeah so they put vegas into the mix and i was just talking to jay and, and just and uh yeah it is like i think i think people i think the americans will handle it differently some people will will actually relish it and and and, and love it but some mm-hmm. might get nervous. So I think if you do play an American, it is kind of like, let's, <laughs> let's see. Like, like it's kind of like, all right, like, like I'm not going to give you the match because I know what you're thinking as well, you know? So it's right. like, um, and I mean, for me, yeah, there's always the main draw, um, Aussie, uh, on the line. I think, um, you know, I think Murray, there's a good chance he will, will get one. So, um, mm-hmm. that narrows it down, but you know, I'm just going to try to do my best and, and see and see what happens. All right, so this this is going to air Monday okay, yeah. after everything that's happening. Today, as we're recording this, you have Jack Sock in, in your sights here. Let's go through the game plan. Because I, I talked to a player last night, and I said, okay, how, how do you beat Jack Sock right now? Walk us through your game plan. Because, again, you have my word upon my word <laughs> on my daughter's life. This will not get to anybody until after the match. Yeah, well... I still, uh, I talked to Jay last night a little bit and I'll probably talk to him way more about the actual game plan um, today. But, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit, he, the book's out on him a little bit, like how he plays. You know, he's got a big serve, big forehand, wants to hit his forehand, you know, moving left. And that's, and that's basically it. I'm going to try to give him that ball as, as little as possible. It's easier said than done. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think, we are a little similar in that in that aspect, so I think it'll be a little bit of a battle like that. I think we're very differently mentally, um, so Agreed. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try to use that, uh, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see what happens. He's obviously I think he will like these courts, but I think so do I. Um, and I think it'll be an interesting battle because I think we kind of play similarly in in some aspects. So I think. Because we do, we know each other's weaknesses and, and how to expose that. So I think it'll be who can expose that best. And I'm actually looking forward to it. If you need any practice, Mike is big on surf first ball recently. Yes. That's kind of what he's yes. coming into in okay, his own perfect. game style. Um, he can only do it for three and a half minutes. So okay. just get all your practice in and then he's going to be on the floor dead. Perfect. But you should be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate, appreciate that. <laughs> You're I, welcome, Mike. I do want to... Uh, your your let's talk just 
briefly your your backhand when it, you came out um, first year out of college, you were having to go pretty extreme to run around and hit that forehand from the doubles alley. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, when you have a situation like that and everybody kind of knows that weakness and knows you're a, exploitable in that regard, how do you shore it up t- without taking away um, time um, from focusing on your strength, that massive forehand? Well, I think that's what I, str- I struggled with at, at the beginning because it was getting exposed a lot, especially on different surfaces and slower surfaces. I, I, th- I thought I was getting so exposed to my backhand. Um, but it was, I think, uh, Des Tyson, um, he works for Tennis Australia, he, he helped me a lot with the backhand and just and just how to use it. I think, I think it was more that sometimes I was trying to do too much with it where it's like I have a very flat backhand and it actually is quite annoying for some players to deal with. Even if I don't do too much, it's kind of like, I think someone someone told me it's, it's good enough. You know, people have gotten by with a lot worse and just and just being like, it's fine. Just keep making, <laughs> like, it's just like, you're, you're trying to do too much with the ball. They're just like, just hit the ball, cross court, low. Like, what are they going to do really? Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, keep making them do that and just not, overthinking it basically because I think sometimes I'd be like oh god I'm missing this and then try to do too much with my back end where it's just like why are you trying to do too much with with your weaker shot so it's more just like managing that so it feels like it's gotten to that point where it is solid yeah exactly exactly and that's fine yeah now it's getting to the next step where it's like all right, if it's a bit shorter can I can I do so maybe use my slice a little more and and improve that part of my game so it's yeah it's it's a non-stop battle for that yeah as we wrap up here um, there are going to be other players who are going to be listening this uh, coming to Champagne in in a week uh, from when this releases. Um, what are your top three tips in Champagne Urbana? Top three tips for people visiting Champagne Urbana, maybe for the first time. In terms of what? Just food, things to do. What's, what's <laughs> your what's your what's your thing? Food. I, I think food. You got to go for maize. Um, yes. Maize Mexican. You, you got you got to do that. In terms of what to do, it's going to be. I th- I'm assuming it's going to be so cold. Yes. Um, listen, there's never any sun. It's just, there's it's never just any gray. sun. Gray. It's just so gray. If you like the snow, you're going to love it. Hopefully, hopefully it snows over there. Um, the problem is nobody's ever packed for it. You're never packed for the, it. That's the, yeah, that's the problem. You go from Charlottesville. It's like kind of nice. Maybe a couple bad days. Tennessee, sunny, cold, but like Urbana hits, and you're like snow, sleet. It's raining sideways. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Um, oh, God. But, yeah, I actually don't know what there'll be to do too much, to be There's honest. It's got to be a basketball time. game. Oh, yeah, basketball starting. Yeah. Yeah, basketball starting. Football, football next will week. be the end of it. Yes. Uh, thank God. Yeah. Actually, we're going to be good in basketball this year. Yeah. We're going to be really like good. like a top 10 team. Volleyball might still be on as well. Correct. Volleyball will still be on. That's always fun because that's yes. always like in the middle of campus. So it's like, it's such a good Sounds time. Sounds like you're going to be mentally stable for this, which is yeah. probably <laughs> in the minority for Champagne Challenge. So that's good. I mean, it's going right to be a good there, time, man. It's going to be a good time. It's not entirely a- true because Noah, uh, when I asked him the other day about doing the podcast uh, at some point during the stretch, <laughs> he said, well, if we can do it this week or next week, because uh, Champagne. Uh, <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm just saying mentally stable gives you like a 50% chance of winning the tournament just to begin with. I, I, I go into some of those matches and I have four of the cars still in my, you know, rental. I have four of my sticks still in my rental car. Like, oh, we're just going to get out of here soon, you know. 
uh, uh, Red Lion. Is that Red Lion still open? Yeah, it is. Of course, that the place okay. is never Redline closing is the down. Place to yeah. Drink. Okay. Yeah. So, so if Noah does happen to join us in Champagne, we've got a bar for him, and that's yeah. the important. Yeah, part. you can call it a bar. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> you can call it a bar. Uh, okay, and you guys, you guys played in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Two, Dallas. Two years ago, something like that. Yeah. To Dallas, twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, can't. No, can't hear I, me. I, I, change his career and i'm for the people listening i can't hear everything that mike's saying we have a little bit of technical difficulty but yeah that i um single-handedly brought mukaj's career to the next step, so, <laughs> you know no need to thank me there or anything <laughs> but yeah that was dallas 20 2019 oh no 2020 2020 it was 2020 no. yeah it was before yeah it was right before i remember that yeah it was actually a year and a half ago then Oh yeah, something Wait, like Alice that. is before or after Nierico. Right, the week before. The week before. The week, week before. before. Okay, yeah. so okay, okay, okay. Yep, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Wow. So basically, that feels like only about fourteen years ago. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> you Jeez. you helped him, and he brought you down. <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually no. I actually played well <laughs> right before. After that, played well. And then yeah, I took a hiatus for like a year. And a half. I mean, it was it was you know, it was a, it was a decent quality match. Like it was like it w- it was. I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, it helps us both. Here. It helps us both. <laughs> it helps us both. Just another fuck you to Mike and. and <laughs> well, you can't but hear Mr. me. Rupert, you're, thank you're, you so he much. He can't for hear being me on. right now. So I, oh, what I can say he's is that he's still very short. Uh, nobody likes him. <sighs> And uh, also has brought the quality of this podcast way down. No comment. Okay. You want to close now? I'll let you go. Go go ahead, Noah. He's saying. I'm done. No, I'm done here. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a job here. It's all good. I don't need this. Good luck today against Mr. Sock. Uh, good luck the rest of the week. And most importantly, um, enjoy your time at home when you're able to get there because I think that will be um, quite a reunion for you and your family and your friends. Uh, I can't imagine what that's like. So enjoy that. Uh, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. For sure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Throwing the old headset. I think you've done this before. Once or twice. Maybe. It's been a couple years, cuz. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was just realizing, as, as Stefan Kozlov is now uh, officially joining us, champion here in Charlottesville. Uh, can you hear okay? I can hear you great. Okay. A little nervous, though. You really should be, obviously, because it's not like we've ever talked before. I know. Um, this is the first one I've actually watched you win. Yes. Your every other time titles, I win, you're not here. Correct. I remember that precisely. Yeah. For uh, whatever reason, I win the, like, ATP Challenger. Oh, I've only won three or four but yeah. they happen to be all in columbus the and vegas and columbus yeah they all had to be in this exactly yeah, yes exactly um so i think now we're we're good 
uh, yeah, the, I was a little the, nervous the, about the, that. It's broke. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the curse is gone. Um, today, let's talk about today first, um, because I know you want to get to the Dolphins. Um, I know that's very important for that's you. Okay. I'm sure you have. Now that they're up, we can talk a little okay. bit longer. <laughs> okay, but only 20 seconds longer. <laughs> um, today, it felt like you were firmly in control from the get-go in terms of just taking Alex Vukic, who's had a great week, out of his patterns. Talk about the game plan to make sure he was not in a spot where he's finding multiple forehands in a row in that ad corner. Look, it's it's very simple. I, I, I try to play. Uh, I try to make these guys play it. What you know? What what does Alex Vukic want to come out and do today? He wants to rip inside and inside out for and have long points. Um, so I kind of have a general idea of how Alex wants to play. And and for me, it's 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 kind of a combination of look playing my game and also making them uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Because I'm not one of those guys that comes out from first point to last point where, and I'm just playing my game, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of trying to figure out whether it's, you know, Alex not you know, getting forehands and JJ with the depth. You know, it, there's everyone's got these, you know, things that you have to be aware of. Otherwise, you're, you're going to make them look like they're top 20 players. But you, you recognize and are very cognizant of the fact that most people don't do that and have the skill set that you have to be able to do that. You have lots of different... You have variety, a yeah. lot of variety. Sure. So when you approach a match, how do you break that down so you say, this game plan is going to work today and I'm going to use this more so than I used something yesterday? You know, it's it's interesting when you go out there and you're playing, for, obviously, you know, for, for me, it's a, it's a huge, it's, it's a big deal, you know, playing in these tournaments, playing in the later rounds, it's, it's nerve wracking and you start to forget about simple things, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you and I can talk about up here and I can tell you a million things, but when I'm out there sometimes like, like yesterday, I didn't make adjustments in the second set. I mean, I kept getting the ball shorter, shorter and shorter until the guy's on top of the net. So uh, it's, it's one thing, you know, talking about it. And then it's another thing while you're out there trying to come up with those adjustments. So I just try to fall back to my, to my, you know, to my big balls, to opening up the court, sneaking in. Cause I, I feel like that gives me the best chance. Um, but like you said, it's a huge challenge when you're out there to figure out, have the awareness. That, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to take my time, think about what I'm going to do next. Um, and, and today I realized very quickly that when I'm playing aggressive and I'm playing through the court and I'm sneaking in, he's very uncomfortable going, uh, he's, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say. So it's, that's kind of that. You've been through a hell of a lot, man. Um, and this last three-month period has been remarkable tennis. Yeah. How have you done it so quickly, seemingly so quickly from the outside? Because I know it's been a yeah. long, yeah. long process. Yeah, I, I think I think it's just been a long, long process. And um, like like I said a couple of days ago in an interview, it's just a lot of a lot of losses, a lot of hard times, a lot of tough times. Uh, and I say that you know, uh, in retrospect, I know there's a lot of people out there with a lot bigger problems than I have, obviously. So, but for me, you know, I, was, I went through some tough losses. I went through some some tough issues, life issues, and uh, just happen to come out stronger and, and try to take uh, take the lesson in every in every uh, defeat. So um, last couple months have been just great. I, I've got around some very knowledgeable people that have helped me um, figure out my strengths and weaknesses, and um, it's just it's just been you know you know it's sports momentum. It's all momentum. Yeah, but it, that's easy to say. But like, what, what is it? Because it's like it it seems like it's been there, and there have been moments. Yeah. Has it been an idea of fitness? Has it really been all mental? Mental is a huge part of it. Fitness, I've, I've, uh, fitness is obviously at a at a at a high level for me. I have a long way to go with that. I feel like just to play in the you know high heat moments of you know Orlando or Australia. So that that's going to be the next step for sure. And um, 
um, you know, it's just it started just being angry mentally, you know, just just coming out here and, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm a different person out there uh, these days. I'm trying to rip your head off, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to um, um, establish myself and, and I don't care anymore about, you know, uh, you know, the, I do, but I, I don't really uh, have any, you know, in the in the past, I've had moments where I, uh, you know, start to kind of let off the gas and stuff and, and just you know like these guys these guys are all good and i just try to rip their head off try to say come on i, I don't it's like a it's more like a ufc fight in a way it kind of and th that's helped me for whatever reason be at my best and it took me some time to figure that out how do you sustain that uh how do i sustain that okay um <laughs> alexander zverev's two in the world yeah uh riley opelka's top 10 uh I, i'm 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 just a matter of time before i catch these guys i i just have too much inside of me to to see that and not to see that I, I that's obviously this is going to come out wrong totally but um those guys have done a heck of a job getting where they are but i grew up with them like you mm -hmm. know yeah uh and we all came up together and then i just completely fell off the mountain completely and, and i'm still very very far off from them and uh but that's my goal my goal is to get back there competing against those guys uh one day again it would be pretty cool uh pretty cool story so I, I, this is kind of a big picture question because often in, in this sport, when you talk about those guys, we talk about weapons, right? And yep. how, how you get to that next level. Yep. Your weapon is not something that's just easily uh, you can point to, yeah, right? 100%. Because it's your variety and the way you can disrupt people. That, that's kind of a hard thing to describe, isn't it? But that's that's what allows you to be yeah. great again. Uh, yeah. And like, to be completely honest with you, when you say, like, people say, oh, you have so much variety of... Like that's foreign to me. I, I don't know what mm. that is. It's just the way that I, I've been taught the game, and it's just so natural for me that like I, I don't even know what that even means. I understand that I can slice, I can hit any shot. I have variety and stuff, but um, like you said, weapons is going to be a huge thing. Um, but uh, I, I think I'll figure it out. I think I think you know just you know some you know obviously serves need, needs to get better fitness needs to get better everything needs to be get better so serves gotten a lot better. Yeah, serves gotten better. <laughs> it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. I mean, you where where does that come from? Just uh, mindset again, just having that right mindset and, and just going after it. I, I had some help. Uh, I had uh, Salzenstein help me a little bit mm. with the serve just to uh, do some, you know, corrections. And he's obviously a, a genius brain. And then um, and then some other people as well, you know. So it, honestly, just practice and, and uh, trying to get better, you know. Seems like you've got a, a hell of a lot of people giving you some, some pretty damn good advice, Kaz. I, you know, I've been super lucky. I've always been super lucky to... Um, you know, spend time around good people. Yeah. And, um, and yet you still hang out with me. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we hung out before the match today for about 20 minutes. Like, extremely normal. All right. Cause, uh, I have to ask you, obviously sure. the Australian open wildcard challenge. Yeah. Um, I, I know you knew that match yesterday was a big one. Yes. Now you are firmly in the lead after the win today. Yes. Um, How are you approaching it? Obviously, there's still one result for both you and JJ, and also so it's Max. Three out of four tournaments. Three out of four. Max, who? Cressy. What, what did he win? Semifinal and final in the last two weeks. Oh my god! Wow. So there's I didn't a third. Yeah, I, I didn't actually know it until Where's two days playing? ago. Uh, it, he was in the final of Ekental today. Is that in Europe? Yeah. Wow, that guy. That guy's a is a beast. He is. He's, he's such a good player. How do you approach it? Because, listen, there's one more result that has to be tacked yep. on over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. How are you going to do it, especially considering you have to play Vukic again? Yeah, I was very, uh, <laughs> I was I was uh, disappointed to see Vukic again first round. I, you know, it's he's a tough player for sure and not someone you want to play back-to-back -back matches. But regardless, um, I didn't know about the wildcard 
thing until the Tennis Atlantic guy like bombarded me with questions mm. about it. Okay. And um, I completely, I, I knew it obviously always at these tournaments we have that competition, but for whatever reason, I just kind of didn't think about it and forgot about it in a way. Um, and, and naturally, that's that's the way I want to think about it. I, I want to forget about it. I want to just do my best every day because, you know, thinking about that stuff completely, you know, paralyzes uh, most humans and, uh, you know, it doesn't help, right? Like, obviously, yeah. uh, playing JJ yesterday, I know that there's a little extra on the line. I, I try to have more energy. I try to execute more. And, and uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's it, it would be such a cool experience, obviously, to um, play in a main draw of a slam. I, I never have. And, um but like I said, there's so much there's so much to go, and um, I, I'm just focused on the next match, just playing the first point of the next match. Good, so that's my mindset. That's a good thing, is you don't have to worry about a new scout. I mean, you've got to, <laughs> you, mean? You, you don't have to worry about a new scout. Oh, oh, scouting report, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Say, well, absolutely. Okay, let's do that again. How many times does that happen? You what, think? What's crazy is that it happens a lot, right? The doubles final is oh. going to be played in the first round too. No. Yeah, Blumberg. That's got to be Blumberg, first, right? I, I, it's not happened in the eight years I've been doing this. Blumberg, sure. uh, Schnur, Nielsen, Huey in the first wow. round. Just there's like definitely been, at with these challengers, there's definitely yes. been a singles finals first round before, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I've never seen it where it's in both. Okay, yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah, it's wild. The odds of that happening are crazy. No, no, that's absurd. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, so for it, sure. it makes it easy for me, too. So I'm happy yeah. about that. Um, what did you think of the match today, Mike? What did I think? Yeah. I don't think you ever let him get comfortable. Yeah. He never, I, I said maybe midway through the second, like there were maybe a handful of times where he had three forehands in a row in that ad corner. Yeah. And he never, you kept making him work. Yeah. And even when you were going to deuce to deuce patterns, it was pulling him out wide. Correct. So he didn't have that ability just to, Correct. okay, I want to get back over there. It was just so disruptive. Yeah. He, it was a dominant performance in that regard. And you served very well again. Served very well again. You know, I, I think that there were certain, like if you look back at that match, there were certain points of the match where if he executes, we have a different match completely. Probably. Like first set, 4-2, he had three break points. Yes. That's back on serve. Four. Second set, four. Okay, second set, he must have had at least, I mean, love 30 last game. Yeah, he yeah. he had chances to, this match could have been four and four the other way if he executes. Yeah, he's going to, um, for him, I think the, the returns, game especially yeah. in that ad corner is going to be a real yeah. big progression i thought, step I thought when he came out i thought he tried he was i think he was really trying to establish physicality and long points mm. and, yes. and getting money but then i think he got away from it i i don't know what uh you that's know because of you though but we put yeah it's because of certain yeah that's because i made him uncomfortable right but i'm sure he still could have done it um i i think maybe he realized that look uh that's not gonna maybe work today the thing uh, is like with kubler like come on like yeah. with kubler we were having what like 30 yes. ball rallies yes. at one point. Well, and, and they're very tight. I mean, yeah. they, so Alex was watching that match in particular and had it in his head that, that yes. you had that kind of a performance against him with Kubler willing to grind that long. Yeah, so totally. I think I think that's huge for me because, you know, you know, guys always want to have a plan of attack for sure. So, Cause? I went through and looked at some pictures. Me, me and you in, in Maui in 2015. Me and you in Sacramento the fall before. I mean, we we both look like babies and been through hell over the last couple of years. So um, it's it's nice to be able to celebrate just to, just for a couple minutes out here with you. Thank you, man. You know, uh, I've got much love for you and uh, always want to put my best performance in front of you. I don't know if it's just because uh, 
I was a young 14-year-old watching Mike see tennis <laughs> on my iPhone. But, uh, you know, I always, uh, you know, appreciate playing in front of you. I know you always say very knowledgeable stuff about the game. Most so of the time. Uh, Every once in a while I get time, some things yeah, wrong. Exactly. So uh, we appreciate everything you do, man. <laughs> All right. That's Stefan Kozlov, our champion here in Charlottesville. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow from Knoxville. Any, any last words for the folks on Twitch? All right. Go Dolphins. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33 at Mike C. Tennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.